all your friends. But don't forget to wear your mask. That's right. <laughs> now to continue with the tape recording. Music in the air. Yes, let's see. I think I'll turn over to the loudspeaker. River Radio. Hello? This is only a test. This radio station will remain on the air, day and night. Across the Thames Valley. Turn on the radio and let's have some music. Radio. Spread the word. Hello, this is Amelia Fish. I am a registered associate nutritionist, and you are listening to The Reset on River Radio. This show is all about nutrition and shaking off those common myths and misconceptions around food. Now, it's been such a warm week in the UK this week and very sunny morning here. So I've decided to theme today's show all about nutrition in the summertime. We will be talking to you all about keeping hydrated and the importance of fluids, vitamin D and the sun and keeping safe this summer and also giving you some top tips on how to have a balanced and nourishing dietary pattern this summertime. If you have any questions for me about today's show, don't forget that you can email me directly at amelia at river.radio. So I'm going to be kicking off today's show with something that's really commonly chatted about, especially in this heat, and that is hydration. Um, And more importantly, how we can prevent becoming dehydrated, as dehydration can lead to many different things, including feeling dizzy um, and also dryness of our skin. Um, So the recommendation in the UK, what is that? Um, It is to aim for 8 to 12 glasses of water per day. Um, But this does depend on a number of factors. For example, your activity levels. If you're a more active person, you may need to drink more fluids during the day. Also, your gender And the gender side of this can be influenced by a couple of things, uh, but one of which is body size. So if you do live in a smaller body, you may require less fluids. Um, An interesting fact I actually learned while studying my master's degree is that um, during marathon running, um, if we hit the recommendations, some people can actually overhydrate because they are in a smaller body. And this is something that we also really, really want to avoid um, because overhydration can also be bad for us. So how, how do we know if we're having enough fluids during a day? I guess that's the question, isn't it? And the really the, the best way that we can know is how many times we go for a wee during the day. And I know this is a bit of an awkward topic that some people may not like to chat about. And don't worry, you don't have to chat with anyone about it if you don't want to. Um, but do make sure to have a check yourself. So really, you're looking for a really light wee colour and making sure that you are going during the day. If you're only going um, very few times and it's really dark and concentrated, now this is a key indication that you are dehydrated and that you may need to be thinking about having some more fluids in you. Um, If you are worried though, please do chat with um, a healthcare professional about this. Um, 
And then coming back to the theme that we were just chatting about, which is movement and exercising. Um, if you are exercising for 60 minutes, do you make sure that you are replacing your water stores by having about six ounces of water every 15 minutes? But as I say, this is very dependent on a number of factors, including your um, how fast you're going, how long you're running for or doing that movement, your gender and your body size. So make sure to listen to those internal cues that you have going on. And also, you know, if you're thirsty, if you have that sensation in your throat, most likely you are thirsty and that you need to take on some fluids. So thinking about that and what type of fluids you should be drinking. Now, this is a very common question. I also get quite a lot. Um, and, you know, what what am I aiming for? The, the prime thing that we should be drinking is uh, water definitely aim for the majority of our fluid intake to come from water but also don't forget that other things do contribute to our fluid intake um, and that can include things like juices but also um, teas and coffees um, and uh, exactly so there's so many things that are contributing to our fluid intakes um, there's another common myth you know this episode seems to be ringing up all the myths already doesn't it um and when we're thinking about caffeine um and tea and coffee containing caffeine um many people think that it has a diuretic effect so it makes us need to go to we um which is what a diuretic is and obviously that would affect our fluid balance however um the research seems to indicate that the diuretic effect of caffeinated beverages like tea and coffee is only very small um so it's not something to worry about unless we're having uh, these caffeinated drinks in excess at which point we may need to think about actually how much caffeine we're taking on so the recommendation for caffeine is to have no more than 400 milligrams a day which is a few cups of coffee um and yeah we're going to carry on chatting about hydration now um but i am about to be joined in the studio by someone so once um they are in and they're all set up we're going to carry on this but whilst that happens i think we're going to play you a little song so we're going to play Budapest by George Ezra. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. My house in Budapest, my, my hidden treasure chest. Golden grand piano, my beautiful Castillo. You, ooh, you, ooh, I'd leave it all. My acres of a land, I've achieved It may be hard for you to stop and believe But for you, ooh, you, ooh, I'd leave it all Ooh, for you, ooh, you, ooh, I'd leave it all Give me one good reason why I should never make a change The list goes on If you just say the words I'll up and run Or to you Ooh, you Ooh, I'd leave it all Or to you Ooh, 
they don't understand They fear they'll lose so much if you take my hand But for you, ooh, you, ooh, I'd lose it all Ooh, for you, ooh, you, ooh, I'd lose it all Now that is one of my absolute favourite songs, um, but I am joined in the studio now by Sam. Hello, Sam. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Very good. Hot. It very is good. So warm today, which is why we're chatting all about summery nutrition. Excellent. I need it. Yes. So what should I be doing? What sh- what should we be doing? So we've just started the morning off by chatting about hydration and keeping okay. hydrated. I'm doing well then. So far, so good. You are very nicely done. We've got a couple of glasses of water in the studio today, um, but I think it's time for a bit of a fact. And did you know that approximately, when at birth, the human body is about seventy percent water? Yeah, well, I did. Uh I I knew that we were a high percentage of water. But the way you've just said that tells me that that changes. It does. It does change. Does it go up or down? It goes down a bit. And I believe that is because we grow in size. And it's all to do with the proportion. So during uh, adulthood, we're about 60% water. And then into older age, we're about 55% water. I mean, the majority of us is water. Right. So if we drank more water as we got older, would that work? I'm not sure about that. Could, no. I, got, could I get my 55% up to 70% if I just kept drinking water? To be the same amount of water as we are when we were a baby. Yeah. Mm, I'm not sure it kind of works like that, but you never know. I've heard a lovely term for it though. You know, because people started drinking a litre of water a mm-hmm. day, then they moved to two litres of water a day. Yeah. They were called aquaholics. Yeah, interesting. So we actually spoke a little bit about that before you came into the studio, Sam, about the recommendations for fluid intake, having up between eight and 12 glasses a day, roughly, but how that is dependent on many factors, including your body size and your gender. And there's a classic study during um, in marathon runners uh, where you can actually overhydrate. So you've got to be careful about not taking on too much. So... While I've got an expert across the, the mic from me, isotonics uh-huh. and, and isotropics and the loss mm. of uh, salt within our body. Yes, you're actually bringing me on to what we're about to chat about. Well, what can I say? Take it away. Um, so it's really interesting with the salt and that's actually the issue that we have with taking on too much water because salt, uh, there will be a movement of salt across our cell membranes. Right. Um And then our cells start to swell up. And if we take on even more water, they can actually burst. And you can imagine that's not very great, especially if it's happening in the ones in our brain. Uh, Okay, that would be very painful. Yes, we don't want to be doing that. So it is um, maybe not about taking on the universal recommendations, especially if you are like a marathon runner. 
go and get expert advice about how much you should be taking and listening to your body. I know looking at me right now, you wouldn't believe it, but I used to run marathons. Nice. nice. Not anymore. I did my first half marathon the other week. Excellent. Where was that? It was the Hackney Half, a very warm day. Oh. Taking on uh, a good amount of fluids, but also being aware to not take on too many. Yeah, I've done the Great North, the Great South, the Reading Half. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, London, Paris, Berlin and New York marathons. Oh, lovely. Well, if any of our listeners have done any marathons lately or in the past or have one coming up, we'd love to hear from you about which ones you've got. And and again, I'm I'm sure you're going to target a marathon. Oh, I'm not sure. I would love to. I think first I've got on my list like a few challenges, like I'd love to do a Tough Mudder. Yep. Um, I would really like to do the London Landmarks Half Marathon, not for a specific time, just yep. to run it and enjoy it and, you know, sightsee mm-hmm. whilst doing it. And then I, one of my friends actually is doing a marathon in the Lake District. That's over two days. That's hard. Well, I feel like I'd prefer to do hilly. two days, though, than a full in one. Mm, I don't know. You get to the end of that first day, you're feeling like, <laughs> maybe I maybe. don't want to go back. Well, if any of our listeners have done any of these, we'd love to hear from you and know know your thoughts mm-hmm. about them. But still carrying on this salt theme, yeah. if you have a packet of really salty crisps, what are you going to do at the end of that? How are you going to feel? Uh, happy. Happy. How about your thirst <laughs> level? <laughs> yeah, no, my thirst level will go through the roof because it's designed to do that, which is why bars and restaurants put Mm -hmm. peanuts at the bar it's very true that um but it's being aware as well like during this hot season if you are having lots of salty foods in your diet to make sure that you are taking on more water um because the body naturally bonds with excess salt with the water and it'll excrete more urine so we're gonna have um like we need to take on as much as we are excreting can i just say Mm -hmm. never ever touch peanuts at a bar never ever touch peanuts at a bar never, great piece of advice well because they analyze them and the amount of urine mm. within those peanuts <gasps> was no. off the richter oh i don't want to know that so people were going to the loo not washing their hands coming back and having peanuts that's not pleasant at all i just thought i'd let you know so yeah, never have peanuts as a bar and obviously as a nutritionist i have to also say about having too much salt in our diet can lead to things like hypertension mm-hmm. uh, and that's a risk factor for cardiovascular heart disease so making sure that we're choosing the lower salt options whenever possible so again just a quick question to you because you'd know the answer oh should okay we on ever, the, you're putting me on should, the spot yeah well that's the point should we ever add salt to our meals Absolutely. We do need salt in our diet. We need it for normal muscle functioning because it's really important um, crossing the membranes with like muscle contractions. But don't contractions. we get that through natural food intake? We can. So we the thing is, it's to not demonise salt. Um, we do need it. And for example, if you're often getting cramp, that's an indication that you may not have enough salt in your diet. Which leads me on to another question about salt then. Okay. One second. I'm going to, because I want to finish my piece of right. advice because you asked a question about mm. adding salt. Yeah. Um, and with the cramp thing, it might, if you take, have a bit of salt on your finger and you have it or some salty crisps, that might stop it. But if you are having cramp often, please go to your healthcare professional because they might be able to give you some further advice of underlying factors going on. And as you said, with added salt, yes, we want to be, that's the first thing that we want to reduce. But the thing is, about 70% of the salt in our diet is already added by the food industry. So we don't have much of an impact with changing it. 
Okay, so I was reading the other day um, that most salt that we have is processed or highly processed. So mm-hmm. it has no value at all apart mm. from the taste element. But you can get rock salt, magnesium and other minerals mm. retained within it. So would you recommend, which was my question, that we remove processed salt, which is what most people buy for table salt, and go to natural salts like sea salts mm. and rock salts? I understand where you're coming from because I see it all the time with like pink Himalayan salt too. That's another one. And from the research that I've done, I'm not a specialist in this area, but from what I have read in the research, there we know basically it's uh, it's a health halo around these different gotcha. types of salt. So normal table salt is perfectly fine and you're not missing out on anything by having other types. Okay. There are certain things like iodized salts, which you don't get so much in the UK, but you can get abroad. Um, And they can be good for our iodine consumption, especially if you're living by a plant-based diet. However, there are other ways to get iodine from our diet. And obviously, as I said earlier, salt comes with the risk of hypertension. So really, we shouldn't be relying on it for our vitamin and mineral intake. Excellent. Good to know. Well, I think I think we've covered hydration and coming up later in the show, we are going to be covering that big one, which is vitamin D and sun safety. Mm -hmm. Um, And we will also be chatting about a few other things to talk about during some summertime nutrition. But first, I think it's time for another song. So let's play Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles, because I feel like it's very appropriate for today's episode. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this.
what a lovely song to be playing on such a beautiful and sunny day. Hey, Sam? Very good. And it's a very simple song. Do you know why the Beatles songs are so simple? No. Because they didn't have auto uh, readers. So they couldn't remember their songs, so they had to keep them simple. That was no Paul way. McCartney said, yeah, our songs are so simple because we couldn't remember them if they weren't. Oh, what a lovely fact to know. I mean, they're beautifully simple and, you know, in their simplicity, mm. they are so beautiful. Exactly, but yeah. they did it because they couldn't remember them if they were more complex. <laughs> well, it also makes it easier, I guess, for all of us to be able to sing them too. Which is why you will always see people uh-huh. remembering Beatles songs really quickly uh-huh. and singing back. Fabulous. Do you know what? Do you, you know during lockdown and there was all of those um, quizzes going on and people had to guess the the songs from the lyrics and things like that. I bet you if there had been a Beatles one, we'd all all in Everyone. that round. Yeah. <laughs> like help. Absolutely. First word. Definitely. So so we are on the reset this morning and we are chatting all about summer nutrition. Um, I am joined by Sam in the studio and so far we've chatted all about hydration and the importance of it. We've done the recommendations all about salt and I've chatted about caffeine and how to know that you are hydrated. Um, And if you have missed any of that and would like to catch up, this show will be released shortly after the live one as a podcast on Apple and Spotify. Um, But for now, we're going on to that big topic, which is the sunshine vitamin. It is vitamin D. How much do you know about vitamin D, Sam? Uh, I know that we are deficient of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. We are, some people suffer from vitamin D in the winter. Mm. Um, so they will actually sit by solar lamps to try and get really? vitamin D through them. Also, I think it depends on your race, the element of vitamin uh-huh. D requirement. So Absolutely. I'm of Indian heritage and therefore my skin and body can absorb mm. better mm-hmm. uh, than a Caucasian. But that's all I know. Okay, absolutely. There's there's so many factors going into vitamin D and our sunshine vitamin, and you're completely right. During the winter months in the UK, we do not get enough vitamin D, and it's because it comes from the sunlight. Now, there are some dietary sources of vitamin D, including liver and egg yolk, but these are not commonly used in our everyday diets, and that means that we don't get enough. You can also get some through certain mushrooms, but again, it's generally not enough, especially during in the winter which means that there is a recommendation throughout the autumn and winter months in the UK to supplement every day 10 milligrams for everyone that's across the board okay what if we don't and what's the side effect um vitamin d is quite important for our immune systems Mm -hmm. uh there was a lot of research going on especially during the beginning of covid and i know it was across the media which looked at vitamin d deficiency and the immune system um and that generally shows that uh, if we are vitamin d deficient we are more susceptible to getting ill the key thing to note here though is if you are ill you've got a cold you've got a flu you may have covid if you take vitamin d at that point it is not going to cure you and it will not prevent you from getting it it just will decrease the risk and i think that's where the confusion comes in well, it's just making sure that your immune system is best as it can exactly. be. Exactly. And, you know, through having a balanced diet, we are supporting our immune system. Yeah, what do you call balance? That's oh. showing itself. So, well, we're going to cover a little bit of it at the end, so do stay tuned for that. Excellent. Um, but you also asked, what, is, what does vitamin D do? And it has another role in our body, which is for our bone health. Because mm-hmm. we need vitamin D to help absorb calcium. And we all know calcium is good for strong bones. So it's got a few functions going on there. So... Uh, 10 mils what you were saying 10 earlier. micrograms yeah mm-hmm. is that 
So one of the things that um, I do is I take a multivitamin uh-huh. and uh, I take it with cod liver oil. So it's it's a capsule within mm-hmm. a capsule. Oh, wow. And it's a, it's a company I can't say because right. we don't advertise. Um, but I will show you in the break because there's a, a, a packet of them over there. And um, fundamentally, I mm-hmm. was told vitamin absorption only works with food mm-hmm. or if you put cod liver the way that this company does. Okay. But if you have vitamins on an empty stomach, they're not yeah. absorbed. No, their bioavailability is reduced in a supplement formation. Um, generally, if you eat a balanced diet that uh, contains all of the food groups, then you should not really need to take a supplement um, with the exception of vitamin D because we cannot easily get it through our diets. And then if you are plant-based, there's recommendations for like vitamin B12. Um, Iodine is one to consider at that point too. Um, And also if you're at risk from different illnesses or different conditions that you may have, there are other recommendations, but do talk with your healthcare professional about those. Um, But it is true. The nutrients that we have in food are better absorbed than those through a supplement. Yeah. One of the ones I'm investigating right now is having extra magnesium. Okay. Sleep helps you with your sleep. Mm, yeah, I it does. It's true. I would always recommend the food first approach, though. Okay, what's good? What's a good source of magnesium? It's not an area that I'm specialised in. You have caught me on the spot there, <laughs> um, but I believe it's things like nuts. Okay. Um, I think it's things like Brazil nuts. Do not haul me to that. I'm going to check during the next break. Okay. Uh, check some reliable sources, and I will get back to you about that. Perfect. But bringing us on to vitamin D, the sunshine vitamin, and our summer nutrition episode. We get outside during the summer, don't we? It's nice and warm, fingers crossed. It is at least today. It's very warm today. And it's actually the UV rays that go onto our skin and that our skin absorbs. And then it goes through a whole process in our body, through our kidneys into our liver, where we activate that vitamin D. And it becomes active vitamin D. And that's the vitamin that we need. But it's UV rays and we are super aware that there are um, issues with UV rays, especially with sun safety and increasing the risk of skin skin cancer. So the recommendation is still stay out of the direct middle of the day sunlight, you know, from uh, is it 10 a.m. till 3 p.m. The sun is at its strongest. Be super careful and put on your sunscreen, you know, stay in the shade as much as you can. Staying in the shade and putting on sun cream is blocking those UV rays. So that's making your vitamin D less available to you. And during COVID, the recommendations slightly changed to if you are staying inside all the time, because a lot of us were staying inside much more during isolation, was to take the 10 milligram supplement all year round. Okay. And that kind of brings us on to what you were chatting about before, is that there's different risk factors and different people Mm -hmm. having increased risk of vitamin D deficiency. Um, So we know that you've got people who spend little time outdoors. That's what we just said. Uh, Pregnant and breastfeeding people also can be at increase of risk of deficiencies because, you know, you're Mm -hmm. growing another human. Yeah. 
older elderly people people over the age of 65 that because we have to activate that vitamin d that they may be more at risk uh people with darker skin tones also may be at increased risk you know if you cover your skin up a lot when you go outside again increased risk there's so many different factors check out the nhs website um because it has all of the risk factors and recommendations but don't worry because you definitely can still get enough vitamin d it's just maybe consider taking a supplement excellent i do amazing that's great so i feel like we've covered a lot of vitamin d just then your sunshine vitamin making sure that we all keep sun safe so let's play another song and we're going to come back with some final recommendations on summary nutrition and having a balanced diet this summer and we are going to play Ooh. Let's have a little think. I want another summary song. Maybe Malibu by Miley Cyrus. I know you're probably not going to like this, Sam, but it, I, I'm really feeling it. So, <laughs> so I'm going to play it. Here we go. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Ooh. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. I never came to the beach I stood by the ocean I never sat by the shore Under the sun with my feet in the sand But you brought me here And I'm happy that you did Cause now I'm as free As birds catching the wind I always thought I would sing so I never swam I never went boating Don't get how the air floating And sometimes I get so scared Of what I can't understand But here I am Next to you The sky is more blue And my As we're walking I'd spend the rest of my life Standing here talking You explain the current As I just smile Hoping that you'll stay the same And nothing will change And it'll be us just for a while When I make a wish Just run away with the fish Cause it's supposed to be this high All summer
Sometimes I feel like I'm drowning and you're there to save me And I want to thank you with all of my heart It's a brand new start A dream come true In Malibu Hello, this is Amelia Fish and you are listening to The Reset on River Radio. Today I am joined in the studio by Sam and we are discussing all about summary nutrition. So far we've spoken about hydration and the importance of it and its recommendations during these hot days um, and also about vitamin D, our sunshine vitamin. Um, Sam, you asked me a question in the last part of the show about magnesium. Yes. You put me on the spot. Sorry. It's okay. Um, I did just do a little bit of research during the break and we said how Brazil nuts are one source of magnesium, but so are other dried beans and nuts such as almonds, cashews and soybeans, um, but also our whole grains and dark leafy vegetables. So that's how we can get those in our diets. Excellent. I also had a quick fun fact on vitamin D before we come into the next one. Did you know it's not actually a vitamin? Well, that's not my fault. <laughs> it's just a fun fact I thought I'd throw out there for you. What is our it then if it's not today. a vitamin? Um, it just doesn't meet the uh, definition of a vitamin because that's something that's in foods that we, we have in us. So is it marketing people mis- misplacing the word? Um, not really. Uh, because of its biological processes that it does contribute to. However, it is not actually a vitamin because it is a hormone. Oh. (laughs) Very interesting fact that we've got there. But coming up now, we've got um, a little bit of time left on the show and I thought it'd be important to cover some of those practical tips of of summer nutrition. First one is food safety. Now we all know... If you're going out for summer, it's a lovely day. You're going to take a picnic with you. But what's going to happen to that food? It's going to get hot in temperature. um, And that can uh, increase the growth of microorganisms that can cause things like food poisoning. So we really want to be avoiding that as much as possible. Do you you like to go on a picnic during summer? I do. I mean, I normally take a cool box. Cool box, absolutely. um, With some ice packs in it. Yeah. Um, That normally works. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, and, and not to have raw meats or anything like that so it's all cooked meats or already absolutely like just making sure you're being as safe as 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 you can be putting those cool packs in maybe if you're concerned about it put a thermometer in there as well the recommendation is to keep those foods below 40 degrees okay um sorry 40 degrees fahrenheit uh so just maybe pop a thermometer in there just so you know what temperature that is and if they've got too hot smell them look at them Make sure that they are okay before you are having them. Um, and also, you know, the, the big one is cross-contamination. So you've got your high-risk foods like your dairy products, your cooked meats, your uncooked meats, and then you've got your fruit and veg. Mm-hmm. Just try and keep these things separate because one thing may go off, but the rest of it might still be okay. Just keep, keep it separate. Yep. Don't cross-contaminate those things. Um, other practical tips, you know, whilst you're out and about, you might get caught in the sun. You might be having a lovely day out. Make sure that you bring some snacks with you. Don't get super hungry during the day. Yeah, because that's when you go to the pub and drink too much. And you take the peanuts. Yes, those don't touch peanuts. Don't touch the peanuts. 
um so yeah what kind of practical tips could we could we be taking out um practical tips practical snacks could we be taking out with us what what would you take on a on a long walk or a picnic where you might not be going oh, home if it was a long walk then i'd probably take a protein bar something yeah. that gives me a source of energy um and unlikely to cause any uh food poisoning during yeah. that time even if it's got hot. um obviously you know you're not taking fatty products with you too much um, mm-hmm. No, I, I guess if for me, you know, it, it's generally if we're going out for a picnic, it, it's that that typical hamper sandwichy, yeah. um, you know, fresh fresh cucumber that's cooling. Oh yeah, definitely. Maybe some hummus. Mm. What else could we put in there? Make sure to bring your drinks with you. Some even like pa- packets of ice. You could use packets of ice, I guess, like big packets as your cool bag and then yep. you could put them in some drinks whilst you're out. Very good. I like yeah. that one. I might do that one next time. Me too, actually. Mm. I've just thought about that now. Oh, I'm thinking, I one. like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what would you do? What would I do? I mean, I guess we've covered a lot of the big tips just then, um, but definitely keeping things cool as much as we can bringing drinks with us so we chat about hydration at the beginning with a focus on water um, but also remember that things like fruit juice do count towards our fluid intakes um, being careful though because fruit juices are high in sugar so we so, still want that focus on water am i failing if i have a glass of wine absolutely not oh good there's an interesting thing actually about alcohol and uh, hydration mm-hmm. and its diuretic effect do you know much about this? Uh, I know that if I drink too much alcohol, I need to go to the loo a lot. But did you know that's just usually because of the volume of alcohol? Uh, yeah, that's yeah. probably the reason. Yeah. So a lot of people think that alcohol has a diuretic effect. And as we said at the beginning, that's needing to go to the toilet a lot, uh, needing to go to wee. Um, but there was actually a really interesting study done on twins. And it was in... Um, like a super high quality one it was just on two twins so we can't generalize it to the Mm -hmm. population but as a twin study they're genetically the same and both of them went out and one drank a certain volume of alcohol and one drank exactly the same volume of water and they recorded how much they weed and it was actually pretty much the same volume so it's not actually that alcohol may have a slight diuretic effect Mm -hmm. but it's not actually that it's the volume that we're drinking I I think that's what happens to most people but Mm -hmm. they just put it down to diuretic oh yeah yeah, it's nothing to do with that it's it's a diuretic yeah and i guess coming on to like those tips that we were saying like avoiding the salty snacks because it's going to make you need to wee more so then you're going to need to take on more fluids and think practically how many fluids are you going to be able to carry with you yeah um yeah i mean when i used to go running i used to have a a camel pack Mm, they are great i've only used one once um and I didn't have a great experience. Oh. <laughs> I, um, what happened to me was I was trekking in Ecuador. I was doing my first ever trek abroad, you know, the acclimatization. Mm-hmm. And I felt something, my back was super wet. And I thought, oh, what no. on earth has happened? Like, it's not that hot here, is it? And I took my backpack off and my camel pack had burst all over my back. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Not not the best of experience, but, uh, you know, it happens. And I guess also being prepared for that hot weather, you know, being aware of friends and family members that you've got with you who are at higher risk of things like heat stroke. Now, this is not my area of expertise, but I think it's important just to address that there are some people at higher risk 
whilst we're chatting about hydration. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's your younger people, the babies and children, but also older people, um, people who are um, doing more physical activity. You know, if you've got someone who's running all around, they're probably at, their body temperature is going to increase a lot quicker than you if you're just walking. So being aware of everyone around you and looking out for friends and family. If they're getting really hot in the face, if they're looking super mm -hmm. sweaty, if they're starting to get confused, just looking out for them, asking them, are you okay? Do we need to get you some water? Do we need to get you some help? Yeah, I mean, especially elderly. Pets is the other one as well. Yeah, Sam, what do you, I mean, I don't have any pets myself, but I know I've met your dog, Willow, who is lovely. She's sometimes in the studio with us. Yes. What, do you have any advice for keeping your pets safe during this Well, uh, never, go, never take them out in the midday sun. Mm. Same as young kids and adults generally don't go out. Um, so we walked... Her last night at eight o'clock at night mm. um, or first thing in the morning. That's always a good one. The other one is we give her ice cubes. Really? So dogs have no sweat glands. Interesting. I did not know that. So the problem is when you see a dog panting, that mm. is it trying to cool down through its mouth. And it's, mm. that's its way of cooling its body down. Yeah. And of course, it can't take its coat off and, you know, put yeah. it to the side. So it gets very hot very quickly. And the best way of actually cooling your dog down, apart from just putting him under a, a, you know, a hose and just letting mm -hmm. them cool down that way, is to put ice, uh, like you were talking about earlier for ourselves, but yeah. the same for dogs. Take some ice cubes, put them into their doggy bowl, and they love it because it, it cools them down from the inside like an Lovely. ice cream. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. And you've actually just reminded me of a fact that one of um, my friends told me last night, during winter, I love a hot water bottle it's one of my mm -hmm. favorite things it's so comforting to get into bed and you, you know you can feel how warm your bed is but my friend said how about filling your water bottle with you know water putting it in the freezer because it will keep it you know within inside because you know it it is a waterproof container so you just don't and fill the, the water bottle full yeah because that will burst because ice ex uh, the water will expand exactly. when it freezes but yeah, I thought that was a fantastic idea and I might give right. it a go. Two ideas that I'm trying. <laughs> what was the other one? Oh, Putting put ice cubes in, instead of ice packs <laughs> and then drinking, putting it into your drink. Absolutely. Some fantastic ideas. And thank you for sharing those about keeping our pets safe during, mm. during the summer. And I guess the key ones for all of us that we can take into consideration is avoiding that midday sun because that's when the sun's at its highest. It's when we're most likely to overheat. It's when the UV rays are strongest. So it's most likely to do the most skin damage. Um, but yeah, I think they're a great piece of advice. Um, I'm loving playing some summary songs today on the radio. Um, I have had a few requests in today. Um, so we're going to play those at the end of the show. But for now, I think we're going to play Take It Easy by Surfaces. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Ooh. Well, now for some pop music. Try this.
naturally I'll loosen the grip of what you need Home is a state of mind You'll see, I know You've been searching for better days So somehow I hope you'll hear me say Take it easy Yeah Make yourself right at
This is Amelia Fish, I am a registered associate nutritionist and you are listening to The Reset on River Radio. You have just heard two songs back to back, that was Take It Easy by Surfaces and Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. Today we are chatting all about summery nutrition and I am joined in the studio by Sam. So far we've chatted about the importance of keeping hydrated, vitamin D and some tips on having um on summary nutrition and when you're going out on walks um, if you have any questions for us about today's show don't forget that you can email me directly at amelia at river.radio so coming up now we're just going to f- finish off the show by giving you a few tips on how to have a balanced and nourishing diet this summer and what that really looks like so sam you know what to you does a balanced nourishing diet look like well, a balanced diet is, you know, uh, an element of proteins, carbs, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and a little bit of fat. Fat is not bad if you eat the right fats. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what most people are, are frightened of these days is they're told that fat is bad, all fat. Oh, yeah. all, it's not. Yep. Yeah. They're told that oil is bad, not all oils are bad. They're not. Uh, vegetable ones are, but virgin... Um, Vegetables are actually a poison in your body, from what I've been, mm. what I've read. I think it's an interesting uh, thing to chat about there. And I think, you know, putting certain foods as good and bad and demonising ones and putting a health holder of either others, to me as a nutritionist, I would not say that that's actually having a nourishing diet. You know, a, a diet that's nourishing is when you can really accept all foods that are safe for you to eat. Mm-hmm. And yes, definitely in... Uh, moderation certain foods but as long as they're safe for you to eat all foods can have a place within your diet but it's that balance between the balance the the amount of carbs you take in the amount of protein you take in absolutely and we do need all of these foods we do need carbs we do need protein we need healthy fats we need fruits vegetables legumes we need everything and i guess a really great way to visualize this would be looking at the mediterranean dietary pattern have you heard much about that sam yep Uh, I've had a little bit, read a little bit, but Mm -hmm. do tell us more. So the Mediterranean dietary pattern is one that really focuses on having a reliance on plant-based foods, including plant-based proteins. So having lots of whole grains, having legumes, beans, plenty of those within the diet, having moderate amounts of fish and poultry, um, and also wine with meals is in there. We're not sure 
about red wine and its associations with health benefits. You know, in the past, there has been links. Currently, sorry, stop, uh, <laughs> stop. You've just sport my whole... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've, I've converted from white to... This is like the no. government saying diesel was good and then now it's bad. I mean, you, are you telling me red wine with its flavolins are not good for you? <laughs> it's flavonoids and the polyphenols. There you go. I was close. Yep. Uh, and polyphenols are antioxidants. So there is definitely that part of it. Um, but we call it the French paradox. And paradox meaning we're not actually sure where it's coming from whether there was a generational thing of the benefits and there was um, other factors coming in there. Uh, So realistically, the overall recommendation is either to drink no more than the recommended limit of alcohol or abstain from alcohol completely. No. I have to say it, there is no safe intake of alcohol. That doesn't mean that you have to cut it out completely. It's just be aware of it. Yeah. But the other thing is I would say is that White wine is much more sugary based than red wine. I don't know much about wine. I, you were saying during during the last song that you you know more about wine. So, as I will a trust wine importer, I do know a little bit about wine. <laughs> I will trust you on that fact. Thank you very much. Yes, no uh, white wine, uh, champagne, sparkling wines, and rosés are heavier or higher in sugar content. In red wines. How interesting. Um, and then with the Mediterranean diet, you also have low to minimal consumption of red and processed meats. Um, there's also a moderate intake of extra virgin olive oil. And extra virgin olive oil has actually been associated uh, with our heart health. Yeah. So, you know, if you can use the Mediterranean diet as a guide, you know, that reliance on whole foods and reducing our reliance on animal and animal products, um, including things like extra virgin olive oil where possible, all of these contribute to a balanced diet. And also, you know, it's it's um quite a friendly diet during these hot days. You don't want a really hot, heavy meal when it's so hot outside. No, I was saying that, you know, to somebody earlier, going on holiday to Italy this year, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I will have very little red meat, if any. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it'll be mainly fish-based mm-hmm. with, with salads because it's, it's so warm. You don't want to cook heavy-based meals. Right. And maybe that's the other part, that in colder climates like where we live in the winter mm. and the Nordics, we have much more red-based meat diets in those periods yeah the westernized diet is very different to our mediterranean dietary pattern um and also that reliance on red meat don't we do have an episode coming up in a few weeks time where we'll be chatting all about plant-based nutrition so do make sure to tune in for that in a few weeks um but yeah it's absolutely this reliance on plant-based proteins um and i mean if you're looking at a plate have as many colours on that plate as possible. Um, maybe not just on that one plate, but throughout the day, being aware of how many colours you have on a plate is really important to have the variety of plant-based foods. Yeah, um, I'm not very good at that one, I'm afraid. <laughs> That's okay, we will do as we can. And I can't quite believe it, Sam, but we are now at the end of the show. Shock. I know, I could chat about nutrition all day long, especially in this sun, but it is rather steamy in the studio today, so I think we're going to try and get outside as soon as we can. Um, it has been great talking with you today all about nutrition in the summertime. Uh Everyone, you've been listening to The Reset on River Radio. If you have missed any of today's show and would like to catch up, you can listen to The Reset shortly after the live show on the website, river.radio, or on most podcast platforms, including Apple and Spotify.
I'll be back the same time next week with another show. But until then, do keep on listening to River Radio. Coming up next, you have Stage Door. I'm going to finish us off with Watermelon and Sugar by Harry Styles. Enjoy and I will see you soon. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. On a summer evening. And it sounds just like a song. I want more berries. And that summer feeling. It's so wonderful and warm. Breathe me in, breathe me out I don't know if I could ever go without I'm just thinking out loud I don't know if I could ever go without Watermelon sugar high, watermelon sugar high Watermelon sugar high, watermelon sugar high Windsor, Windsor, Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley Reading. Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The Voice. River Radio.